Welcome to the Obsession Digression, a podcast that explores all of the cultural things that obsess us. I'm Sam Benarchik, and I'm Katie Walker. Hello, Sam. How's it going? Oh, hello. It's going really well. It yes? is a very humid day here in New York. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds to, gross. Yeah, it's wow. I have to like to start preparing for this. Fortunately. We have a well air conditioned office, so it feels like this huge relief to get there after like standing in subway tunnels waiting for the subway cars. You know, right. the cars themselves are air conditioned, which is nice, but um, So do you like do you like bring a shirt but you don't wear it until you get to the office or what no, do you do? You just sweat it out? That's like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I like usually like I'll get a little like pit stainy and then I'll be like, you know what, this will sort of dry out once I get into the office and settle down. I really hope that, like, you walk into your office with, like, both arms raised and you're just, mm-hmm. like, kind of fanning yourself like, side owning to side. It. <laughs> <laughs> Not even trying to hide this, guys. Everyone, everyone, Sweaty attention. Eyes up here. <laughs> no, it's, it's like on the cusp of, like, a downpour. You can tell. Like, it's just that humid. Yeah. Um, and I, when I, on my commute home, I sweated, like, completely through my shirt. It was disgusting. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm from Texas, so, like, I like sweating. I think that oh. I, yeah, well, like, okay, this sounds like oddly spiritual or something, but I do think <laughs> okay. that, like, different people are, like, they, they kind of identify with a particular element. I know this this sounds, like, so, like, new no, agey. No. I'm not new This agey. actually sounds, like, very medieval. Okay. So, but, like, I feel like there are, like, water people who, like, love to swim or boat or, you know, like, they like the rain or whatever, the beach. Um, And that there are, you know, like, earth people who really like farming, et cetera. I feel like every person has something like that. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I am a child of the sun. So, like, I worship the, like, rays just, like, beating down on me, right? Which is why I have so many freckles because, you know, I just, like, don't. Well, yeah, I have a few. That's where um, freckles come from? <laughs> from the sun? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I oh, yeah. legitimately never knew that. I thought that was oh, completely genetic. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. well, I thought the way... you were just born with freckles or not. No, dude. I was a completely, like, just pale, beautiful baby. <laughs> and, I mean, the rule is, right, like, the rule that, like, no one follows is that you're supposed to just, like, douse yourself in sunscreen before you go outside. But, yeah, mm-hmm. if you – I mean, it is partly genetic because, like, I have less melanin than other people um, or, like, more in certain spots, which is, which is why I get freckles. But, like, had I stayed out of the sun as a child, I would not have nearly as many as I do. Does that make sense? Yes. And okay. I will say, too, to clarify, I may also be a sun person because I love yeah? being hot and sweaty, but just not, like, in work clothes. Sure. Like, if I'm okay. at the beach or laying outside, just, I, I mean, I don't care about tanning. I will go and lay outside just to, like, soak up sun rays because right? it feels so good. And I love that feeling of just, like, of sweating in that regard. Or if I'm just, like, hanging out in shorts and, like, a tank top. Which is okay, because I'm from New Jersey. Um, I'd immediately imagined, like, a very skimpy tank top, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Like a racer bag? <laughs> yes. I, like, I imagine, like, there was, like, at least two inches between, like, your your shorts and where the tank top starts. <laughs> like a, a cut-off top, tank top? That's amazing. Do they make those? 
I don't know. But Even that's, for women? I hope I so. Yeah. I mean, for women, they definitely do. Oh, like, okay. that's a whole thing that, like, all of my high school friends and I used to do is, like, be like, let's get our, like, tank tops on and show off our, you know, little bellies. So. Because, like, at that point, like, you were working with so little material. It just reads as, like, just, like, a half-hearted attempt at sewing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> But anyways, I was at, or I was in Texas last week, so I, and I'm from Texas, right? So I just, like, missed the very, like, dry air. It's not humid near Dallas. It's just, like, Mm. harsh dryness that you breathe in. And I was so happy to return to this, like, the sun just beating down on me, and I'm breathing in this, like, dry air that I feel like just, like, adds grit or something, (laughs) you know? Like, it just, like has this alchemical transformation for me. Um, yeah, because so yeah. at the end of the day, like, however hot and sweaty I am, it's nowhere near as bad as it is in North Carolina. True. That's you know? true. And it so is, like, both of us have gotten away from there. Yeah, yeah. You to Texas, me up here, so. Well, I'm back in North Carolina, though, uh, now, so. Alas. I know. I know, but I had some good burgers today, so it makes up for mm, it. Mmm, did you go to Al's? Yeah. <laughs> uh, jealous. Definitely. <laughs> So what else is new with you, though, Sam? Like, what else have you been up to? Um, not too much. I mean, I've been doing a lot of just, like, exploring the city, hitting up some museums. I had a table going to the ballet a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going on Thursday now. So that's okay. exciting. Yeah. And mainly, uh, it's just catching up with friends who have, you know, I've, like, knew from college for my master's program who live in the city and getting to know them and build up, like, a sort of, like, friend base yeah <laughs> i mean and that's super important when you move is. to a new place is to be like can people become my friends please yes. or please. if not can you at least introduce me to like three other people who maybe could become friends right <laughs> like, i'm really gonna me. like exploit this connection as much as possible so um the first day of i like have told this story already today so i've just like i'm on a roll here mm-hmm. uh but i was I, we were talking about like the orientation for um, your graduate cohort, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly being like, I don't like that guy, and that guy annoys me, or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people that I thought were gonna be like my best friends, like they're fine, they're acquaintances, but we never like hit it off. And the people that I hated at first, you know, just for like some random reason, right? Um, or not hated, but was just like, oh, <laughs> that word. guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> became my best friends. Is Like, it's just the weirdest thing where I thought, like, I had this image of myself and I was like, oh, I'm going to be, like, really good friends with her because, like, she's wearing a blue skirt. You know? <laughs> like, just the most random shit. I like shit. your style. Yeah. Like, you have good style. <laughs> we will definitely be friends. And, of course, like, we weren't. Like, we became, like, just, we knew each other. Mortal enemies. No, I mean, I only have, like, a few mortal enemies left. Uh, thank you goodness. vanquished all the other ones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, I hope then, you find those magical friends, and I hope you hate them at first. Actually, yeah, that's really a lovely way to, like, it's a lovely arc, you know? I'm glad you wish that for me. And yeah. I wish that for me now, too. I like that. I but, also want you to acquire just, like, several enemies. Oh, my just, God. Just, like, done. I mean, like, that is so easy. For the, me? The UPS guy or whatever. UPS as an entity <laughs> yeah. is, yeah, public enemy number one. Right? 
I was gonna make a joke, but then I was like, no, there are too many. We have such a rich history of like postal service and violence that I'm not even gonna like make a joke. Oh, because, oh yeah, you know, they will. They will track you down. That I is... know. I really don't want to get on any lists. <laughs> I mean, you're probably already on some lists, but um, you know, you just you don't want to add. You don't want to stockpile. Exactly. Those. Exactly. And so yeah. otherwise, yeah, I'm just like still learning a ton with this job, and it's great. Starting some, uh, you know, some digital marketing campaigns, learning that stuff, which is great. Although it's okay. so funny, we have, um, oh my God, Katie, have you ever had a second monitor? I feel like I am like 20 years late to this game. <laughs> Ryan does at work. I do not. I've never done this. I always oh, well, okay. that was so silly or superfluous. Now right? that I have one, oh my God, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> You're like, I can like move things from one screen to the oh other. I can have this up and this up and I can have all these tabs open. I'm just so like digital real estate rich right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, I can move it here and I can move something else there and I still right? see everything. I know it's so funny though that um, I was working on a couple of campaigns where you um, are sort of like attaching like certain creative and certain ads. And one was for um, this one theater that was like promoting a children's show. And you have to sort of like download all the like JPEGs or pictures before you can like upload them into our like software programs, whatever. And um, you sort of forget you're working on your own computer because you're looking at this big screen. And I left work, I went home, went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, I opened my computer, and I was just like, why the fuck do I have pictures of like a little boy playing a saxophone on my computer? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, right. I was like, this is frankly upsetting. <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. That okay, this is totally unrelated, except that it's about computer screens and like okay. weird content on it. I was it. like saxophones. <laughs> but um, have you ever heard about my first encounter with the internet? My first <laughs> encounter, first encounter, dude. No. Okay, so I um, was a child, and we just got a computer, and we got you know the AOL dial-up going right oh i can still i can bring that to mind so easily and i can hear it that dial-up sound yes um so i was super excited i was like all right like all my you know like rich friends have had computers for like three (laughs) years i could i could finally do this shit uh and so i decided that the first thing that i would ask jeeves about was uh my favorite water park which is called wet and wild (laughs) Um, so of course, 11 year old me or whatever is like, um, and what's funny is that ask Jeeves has like, so conditioned my internet persona, like even on Google today, I'm instead of being like, where's the nearest coffee shop? Or that's what I actually type instead of just typing coffee coffee shop shop near me. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I was like, where is wet and wild? And of course, like just the nastiest shit popped up. It also um, just feels grosser when Jeeves is the intermediary. I know like, Jeeves was you like represent a tradition of dignity and class, and exactly. you bring me porn. <laughs> I mean, I will be grateful for that in a few years. I mean, down Jeeves. the road, but I'm eleven. Yeah. I'm 11. I want water slides, dude. Um, and, like, my mom, of course, was, like, in the room, and she was like, oh, my God, you know. And Wait, did so, you have to explain yourself? I mean, I tried, but, because like. Because otherwise that is so funny that, like, family buys computer. Ten minutes later, Katie looks at porn, you know. Like, <laughs> that's, like, that's the sequence of events. So um, I think after that, 
uh, they like figured out how to do the parental controls. Mm-hmm. I think though, you know, as like a by the time I hit thirteen, like I know how to turn those off, right? So <laughs> yeah, you like you figure that shit out. So right, it's really um, not difficult. And a similar dude, a similar thing happened to me when I was an undergrad. And I wanted a new back, uh, background for my uh, laptop, and I was in the library, and I just searched beautiful background, and I guess I didn't have parental controls or anything on, no safe search, and, like, a bunch of porn pops up, for and right as it background? does, yeah, dude, like, just naked women, right, like, naked yeah, bodies. Were they um, in the background of the photo? <laughs> <laughs> I what I really hope is that they were naked women photo bombing beautiful background photos. <laughs> and um but anyways, like right when I searched for that, of course, like this tour group for the university like walks behind me <laughs> and then I like hastily like close the laptop like no, I'm not sitting in the library looking at porn because, you know, that's what it looked like. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, um, good times. <laughs> the I'm wonderful world of like, internet porn. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to talk about my first exposure to internet porn, but my, I'm trying to remember my <laughs> first like exposure to the internet, and I think it was like we had like the old computer. Ooh, did it even have Windows on it? But it was sort of like the black screen and the green text. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad was just typing on it. And then he, like, called me over to show me that he was talking to, like, some random stranger across the world. <laughs> he was very was, excited about it. Did it say age, sex, location on it? <laughs> <laughs> ASL. Yeah. So, <laughs> long story short, he was actually trying to facilitate an affair. Then he got there, and it was a 52-year-old man. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, 100% a joke, by the way. Just in yeah. case my parents do listen to this and worry that I'm, like, besmirching their good name. Um, <laughs> Completely fictional, yeah. He was the first catfish victim. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate that concept, by the way, dude. I think that's, like, the meanest thing. Did you read I think about... we've talked about this. Ugh. All right, I have to do, like, a very quick Google to get this story right. Yeah. But uh, the sister-wife catfish... I've not heard of the sister-wife catfish. This sounds incredible, though. Uh, I love this story. It's from, like, a year or two ago. But, you know, it's like a TLC show, Sister Wives. Okay. Did, I did not know that, but sure. Yeah. Is it about, like, Mormon women? or? Yeah. It's pretty much a nonfiction oh. version of Big Love. I have not watched it myself. I don't know how to access TLC, but I loved <laughs> Big Love. So I, will, I should probably watch this someday. But it turned out. I like out, how you were like so guarded about it. Like, guys, I do not watch TLC. Oh. <laughs> also, I really do disagree with their like production ethics. So maybe I should take a stand and just say I'm not going to watch TLC. Yeah, I but, mean, you probably will. Who knows? I mean, if Sister Wives happens to be on one day, I might sit down and take a Especially, take a gander. Yeah, I mean, this is how I feel about most shows. Like, my parents don't watch, like, crappy shows, but they watch, like, um, auction TV shows and a lot of westerns, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. when I'm home, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna see how much this car goes for. Like, I'm just going to do it, you know? It's here. So, <laughs> I'm all about it. Anyways, sorry. So, what oh, is the Sister Wives story? So, I have not seen the show. I probably have not read a primary article on this. Like, this is all, like, <laughs> what others have told me about this. But it just brings me such delight that one of the Sister Wives as revenge for something, started catfishing another one of the sister wives. Oh, no. Which is so cruel. Oh, so no. Funny. 
<laughs> so I have lots of questions now that I'm thinking about it, and I should look further into it. Maybe I'll report back. <laughs> That's like a really intense practical joke that yes. has the chance to be hilarious, but also so cruel. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially if they're like doing like online chatting and the sister wife who's like falling for it is talking bad about right. like yeah what's it you know like to be married to many people tell me about it who's your favorite right? who's your loser? <laughs> oh man so i was in texas last week like i said mm-hmm. i have a crazy story for you sam i'm ready so it's not well i should qualify that it crazy ish right but um so my brother and I and Ryan decided to go to the casino in Oklahoma at 10 o'clock in the morning because oh, it's no. like gets like crazy crowded and gross later and later in the it's evening. It's going to be so full of sad people at 10 a.m. Oh, though. yeah. Right? Oh, n- yeah. Oh, it was definitely. But also it was hilarious and <laughs> yeah. fun. Um, so, but, you know, like, we're we're going, and I need coffee, obviously, because that's what type of human I am. Mm-hmm. And there's this place in this small town, um, like, off the side of the highway, and it's uh, called Old West Ca- uh, Coffee Cafe. And, like, a lot of things in Texas are named Old West, you know, like, just normal restaurants are named Old West, and, you know, they have, like... The rancher's breakfast and mm-hmm. it's really just yeah. bacon and eggs but it's you know it's gimmicky right so i was like okay it says coffee in the title and i'm sure it's just a normal coffee shop there's gonna be you know one person like one sad person on their laptop in here and right. you know like several people right um so my doesn't matter where you go like you will never outrun sad people on laptops oh yeah exactly but i did i found i found where <laughs> they have not found there, this is not a sanctuary for these people, though. Um, so I, my, my brother and Ryan stay in the car, and I go in, and this place is just, like, huge. Like, oh. it is, like, bigger than my house, this one giant room. And it is really dark in there, and it's smoky because the one other person in there who is wearing, like, one of the biggest cowboy hats I've ever seen and like full on bolo tie wranglers the whole the whole cowboy getup he's in the back of this place burning sage and sweetgrass which is a uh, like native american practice for ridding a room of bad spirits mm-hmm. and there are guns decorating the walls everywhere and like pictures of you know like chuck wagons and like it is no fucking joke this is an old west cafe um (laughs) like stereotypically so and so um it was really an uncanny experience because in order to reach this strange old cowboy i had to walk the length of this room which was deserted um so it was almost like a showdown (laughs) yes um and you know i get up to him and i'm very like uncertain and i'm like do you like can i get a cup of coffee to go here and he just launches in. You can tell he's, like, so lonely. Um, this incredibly long story about how this cafe sells the coffee that they used to drink on, you know, the the trails west, essentially. Like, on the chuck wagons. Like, Oregon Trail coffee is what they sell. 
and he promises me that it won't give me heartburn and that it has like all of these medicinal effects and like this whole long thing and i'm like okay like just give me a cup to go sam Mm -hmm. best coffee i've ever had are you serious yes (laughs) oh man like bought a bag of it online yesterday because i became in love with it like i just already assumed that like they would not offer such a service and i was like when are you gonna get to go again (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but it was the strange like seriously a super strange experience uh like just way over the top texan experience that that somebody from the state does not expect to have you know um so like that should happen to you you know what i mean like that experience that should have been a sam experience it really should. does that make sense no i i get that and it should i haven't found yet like a go-to coffee place i've tried out a few also there's one i think i'm just being trolled because it shows up on yelp and actually i should lay this story out for you (laughs) as being like a block away i have Fuck if I have not walked up and down this block like four <laughs> times. Like the last time I like pointed at each storefront and was like, no, that is not Uptown Roasters. No, that one isn't either. No. And then you get to the end of the block and you're like, it is not here. And so Weird. I thought, okay, it's just like Yelp has not updated. Like it must have closed or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like someone knew that I had given up. This feels so Truman Show because then later that day, I went to the supermarket. I just stopped in to grab something quick. And the person in line in front of me, had an, he was an employee and he had an Uptown Roasters t-shirt on. What? And Did I you ask him about no, it? No, because I didn't even realize what his shirt said until he turned around to pick up his bags. Because, oh. you know, his back was to me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I oh. should have grabbed him and be like, where do you work? <laughs> it's like a speakeasy coffee shop that just yes. you don't have access to yet. Oh, oh man. That must be it. <laughs> you have to get in this club. You got to get to, it's called Uptown Roasters. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that sounds ask, like ask a very friends. exclusive name. Yeah. Let's like put that out there. Hey, podcast listeners. Where is Uptown Roasters? Right? <laughs> Can Sam get in? Can somebody, like even a buddy system where you bring Sam along one day. Yeah, maybe it's like um, that like dating service for celebrities where you have to be like, it's like super exclusive Tinder where you have to be invited. Oh, I didn't know that existed. You can't, but... even, you can't even request to be invited. Really? Yeah. I think like, it's, just it's just in just... like LA. Oh, well, I don't know why I'm disappointed. I don't need that. But. <laughs> I know. I felt the same way. And I was like, what would I possibly have in common with anyone on here anyway? Right? I mean, that's just... Anyways, but I'm glad to know that exists. I'm glad there's a service for that. Uh, that's how they meet people, I guess. I always thought that, like, celebrities just boned other celebrities that they met on set. Like, that right. casting almost entirely dictates who bones whom. Who bones who. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Right. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> it's like top billing chooses first, and then like mm-hmm. you work your way down. Right. Like, Guess not. And also because like I have trouble distinguishing fact from fiction, right? Like I watch a movie and I'm like, oh, well, obviously like Laura Dern and K-Mac are boning. But then usually that turns out to be true anyways, right? So indeed they were boning. Oh, the were time. they really? Yeah, oh, they you told us that. Yeah, because Laura Dern, she's she really dates, drawn to those uh, yeah. off-kilter guys. Right. Well, she dates, like, whoever her co-star is. <laughs> man, she's the best. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh man. Uh, Diane, uh, it's such a treat. Yes. 
Agreed. Agreed. But oh, we can't. Okay. We cannot get caught up in David Lynch, though. Or we will never get to. No, dude. This Though I did finally movie. watch. Oh, I did watch? finally watch The Art Life yesterday. Oh, how was it? It was good. It's. I mean, it's so weird because it's uh, David Lynch in like his home workshop, hanging out with like at some point like there's his four year old daughter is there, which is just strange, right? Because he's like what mid 60s 70s something mm-hmm. like that yeah and he has a four-year-old and that's that's weird uh but um yeah and it's just him like telling these you know evocative stories that honestly like you can get from lynch on lynch or other books like that um but it is interesting because it has like original footage of lynch as like a younger person um it has like you know you see what he's doing you see how he paints and works and i don't know it was good but um a lot of the stories i had heard before but i'm still like i really feel in lynch land maybe we are experts because i was listening to a podcast i won't say the name um but they were discussing two of his films and every time one of the two people dropped new trivia or facts about him i was like uh i know (laughs) (laughs) so we finally made it, dude. Mm-hmm. We've become those people who can like just be like, oh, yeah, I know all about that. Let me tell you a more interesting trivial fact about that, you know? <laughs> this so is like, I'm so proud. I knew someone. She told me that her dad would seek out tours on subjects that he knew a lot about just so that he could interrupt the tour guide with more accurate <laughs> facts. <laughs> which is insane (laughs) like that takes it to an entirely new like superiority complex issue level you know what i mean yeah but it made me laugh all the same oh that's beautiful but we gotta stay vigilant no you're fine well, I, I, you said, like, we're not going to talk about Lynch. And then I was like, but we're going to talk about Lynch. <laughs> we're talking about Mad Max. I know. Uh, and so then I was like, oh, episode, and another though. thing about Lynch. But yeah, what's today's episode? <laughs> today's episode, yo, is the coolest shit because it's Mad Max number two. The Road Warrior. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say the second part. Oh, good. I was like, should I jump in? I don't know. Yeah. Well, the reason it's called The Road Warrior uh, fun trivial fact is that uh, the first one was not released in the U.S. widely. Like, if, I mean, eventually it came over, right? But um, these are Australian fil- uh, films, and uh, yeah, so like American audiences wouldn't necessarily have seen yeah, right. Mad Max One. Um, so it wasn't until later that we were like, oh, we get it. Yeah. Okay, that actually explains to me the opening sequence, which was so puzzling because. I, at first I was like, oh, is this movie pretending as though the first movie didn't exist? Because the film opens giving this whole history of how civilization crumbled into right. this post-apocalyptic world. And I was just like, well, if this is a sequel, like, surely this must have already been addressed to some extent in the first movie. And then Here's towards the, the end of the sequence, we get a couple like interspersed clips from what surely must have been the first movie because I haven't seen it. Right, of right. his wife or his lady um, mm-hmm. uh, dying from something like uh, some sort of like interaction with uh, like a motorcycle gang. Yeah, but here's the thing, Sam. So I spent, uh, not to brag or anything, but I did <laughs> yeah. spend a glorious week uh, because I'd had dental surgery. So I was kind of, you know, 
I was in a space where I couldn't like do much. So I was I watched all four Mad Max movies this week. And the thing that's weird about the opening sequence in what we're talking about today is that the whole apocalyptic theme really becomes much more overt. Uh, in the first movie, you're like, okay, this is like the near distant future and there are some outlaws, but it's not clear. I mean, like people <laughs> Wait, are fighting. The, the near distant future? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> the, uh, the, I don't know. It's the near future is what I meant to say, mm-hmm. but I feel like you can't say future without saying distance. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, but okay. So, uh, it's not clear though in this first movie that things are like super shitty and they just really fucking up the ante in the second one oh. where, um, like there's the battle over gasoline, yeah. right? Um, so what are like the stakes of the first movie? The stakes are that it's like it's just a kind of straight up revenge narrative, right? So oh, um, so wait, I'm so sorry. I, I are we to understand then for those of us, including myself, who have not seen the first one, his wife dies in the very beginning. No, she doesn't. She dies towards the end. Okay, my of, understanding but, was that she died at the very end, and that this movie is sort of him working through those feelings. Yeah, it is. I think you're like that's correct, but um a lot of other like terrible shit basically happens to Mad Max. Um including oh. like his partner is harmed, then his wife and child are harmed, and then he takes revenge and that's the end of the first movie. Um but the world like the world building in that film is not nearly as like steampunk or, you know, like desperate i guess feeling desperate feeling as Mm. it is in mad max 2 right like so if you read um you know like mad max's influences as a series like what it has influenced um the first movie hardly anything right (laughs) the second movie people like really really respond to like the costuming and the set etc does that make sense yeah yeah there's like a clear like aesthetic in reward yes. that I've seen copied elsewhere. Oh yeah, it, it pops up everywhere, um, and good reason because with good reason because it's just like so fucking kooky and wonderful, right? Like I don't like I'm gonna go ahead and claim that this is one of my favorite movies that we've watched together so far Whoa. because it's yeah it's just like I think the story is compelling. I think that the whole narrative of like this you know like rogue warrior who in the end decides to help this community. It's like so Western, right? Um, It's very like Clint Eastwood-like. But, you know, like also the costumes are hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Can we talk about the like asses hanging out Um, everywhere? I didn't even realize until halfway through the movie that he was wearing assless chaps. (laughs) And that he has nothing on underneath. So it is just his ass. Yeah, that's so Okay, strange. so just to give you, like, our listeners some background here, um, the the bad guys in the movie are, like, they're they're pretty steampunk. They're very, like, leather, mohawks, um, very 80s just style, right? Um, and they are wearing, or some of them are wearing assless chaps, and their booties are just hanging out. And I read, actually, that... Um, even though it looks like they're in this desert wasteland, when they were filming, it was incredibly cold. 
So these oh. poor actors <laughs> who had their booties sticking out just like froze, literally froze their booties off. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Um, I mean, yes. on the other side of the spectrum, though, Mel Gibson's pants, like they cannot have been like practical. Like those oh, are no. insanely tight leather pants. Oh and I yeah. I just kept thinking like. If you're in a pinch, if you've got to run, like, mm-hmm. it's just like, these pants are not the pants you need. Also, can you imagine him, like, trying to, like, hide from somebody and he's, like, trying to sneak by and it's like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, like. Or <laughs> uh, just even trying to get them on every day before filming. Oh, I know. That must have, it, that's like the Friends episode with Ross and the leather pants. You know what I'm talking mm, about? No, I never watch Friends. Oh. Katie, okay. we have a clearly like two completely <laughs> separate canons because we both watch a lot of TV and a lot of movies, but we've never seen the same ones. Never. <laughs> yeah. No. Dude, I like this is a slight digression, but I recently made a list of movies that I've seen. Um because like Wikipedia, of course, has the like 2014 in film page, mm-hmm. you know? So I was just curious. I was like, all right, how does my you know, like my past experience stack up? And, dude, it is largely, largely, like, the B movies of the year. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. like, I clearly was drawn to, especially as a teenager, like, um, well, we know, like, Three Men and a Baby and (laughs) (laughs) films like that. But, you know, also, like, She's All That and Ten Things I Hate About You. Like, all of those movies I was super into. But then I would miss, like, the big, like... Either action movies, I didn't see a lot of those, or just even, like, the the intellectual blockbusters, right? So, um, I just, yeah, there are, like, sad gaps in my my knowledge. (laughs) Sad gaps. They're very sad. Um, That's actually um, how that one actor referred to his assless chaps. (laughs) (laughs) They're sad gaps. Um, Okay, but let's get back to the movie itself. It opens, like you said, with this. I mean, we're jumping in, but it really opens, like, in media res. Oh, yeah, you're right. So we get this, like, quick prehistory of things, right? And then Mm -hmm. we are told by the narrator that this is a story about Max, quote, learning to live again. Yeah. Which is, so we're primed to really think of this as, like, any pray love scenario, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But, yeah, and then we just open Um, in the middle of a chase scene. Yeah, yeah. So this world, um, like as we learned from this opening, is they're actually fighting over gasoline. Uh, for some reason, everyone is just like crazy about continuing <laughs> to drive cars. <laughs> yes. No one can like fucking sit still in this film. So um, instead, you know, like if a car crashes, they steal gas from each other, and um, these marauding gangs, right, are um, basically. Uh, like in a siege warfare with um, this small kind of community that has a oil refiner or uh, like what's it called? Like the gas, it gets gas out of the ground. Yeah. Right. Right. No. And the whole time I was like, wait, so everyone has water, right? And everyone has food. In this movie they do. (laughs) I just couldn't get my mind around like who cares then? Yeah, well, in okay, so spoiler, but um, right. in the third one, uh, which is like into the Thunderdome, uh, w- with Tina Turner, Ugh. the scarce resource is instead water. Okay, that so, is more compelling um, to me. Yeah, maybe we no, should add agreed. that to the list this season. Oh, uh, let's do it, All right. like, please. Okay, so anyways, but in in Mad Max Two Road Road Warrior, right? 
everyone wants gasoline and the small community is getting fresh gas, I guess, from the ground and they want to escape. They want to like take all of their gas and drive like 2000 miles away and create like a new colony, right? Like that's their goal. Um, and Mad Max just wants gasoline. Like, that's all he wants. He just wants more gas so he can continue to drive around in his badass car uh, with his dog. However, as the movie's <laughs> opening, he is about to sort of loot, I guess, like, maybe some, like, a, a, a abandoned car. There's some, like, wreckage on the road when mm-hmm. he finds himself being pursued. Right. So this By- is where we're introduced to... That main villain, what was his name? I Wes. understand anyone's so, names in this movie. Okay, so I his mean Max, name is, obviously. Yeah, well, his name is Wes, but he's part of the um, gang under Humongous. Right. Uh, so, but Wes is the one with the mohawk who also has his own revenge narrative to enact later <laughs> on, as we'll yeah. find out. So, okay, we also learn in that first scene, Mad Max. I have. To, I can just call him Max. Max. <laughs> I'm going to call him Mad Max. Wins. I I like it. He's sort of, it's, I don't even know how to say it. The chase just resolves with everyone still alive. Like he shoots Wes in the arm and then Wes uh, yeah. has this like moment of like machismo rips it out of his arm and then just yells the sort of like animal yell at Max. But then he gets on his motorcycle and leaves. Mm-hmm. But it turns out. Which I out, think meant that like he was, he's acknowledging that he's temporarily defeated. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think that's, that's, a, that's like a really good way to. Means. Yeah, you're right. But he's like, "I'll come back for you" or something, kind of. I think the yeah, person he doesn't say that, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's right. Like it signals unfinished business. Mm-hmm. But the person that he is, uh, we find that he's sharing his motorcycle with this sort of effeminate younger boy. And whose so, name is? Did you did you notice no, his name in I the credits? I couldn't hear any names. What was his name? His name is the Golden Youth. Oh, that's... <laughs> That's upsetting. Like, in the film, his character is the golden youth. (laughs) Here's my question. Do you think this is, like, a hostage scenario where he is someone who is taken from, like, some other town that had an oil refinery and made to be this Mm. guy's, like, lover? Or do you think they are from the same tribe and they genuinely fell in love with one another? I think they're genuinely in love. Like, I, I got the sense that, like, he enjoys this like riding around on the back of the motorcycle and being protected type of thing. So I think the golden youth was totally into it. All right. Yeah. So more on the golden youth in just a minute. Um, (laughs) You've mentioned now this sort of conflict between uh, the villains of the film under humongous and then this oil refinery town. Here's how Mad Max, Max, (laughs) here's how Max gets involved. So he has that first exposure to Wes. Then He's like, <laughs> decides he's going to loot this like gyrocopter. Yes. And out of the ground, um, I guess his name is just the gyro captain, as I see on IMDb. It is. Um, yeah. He had buried himself and had planted this gyrocopter there as a trap to lure people. Is that right? Yes. And he has a snake on it. Yeah. Um, which is part of the trap, but it's not the sole component, right? Because the gyro captain can also like crossbow him. So. It's yeah, it's wonderful. I have questions that I feel you can answer. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, a <laughs> Okay, this is a question you can't answer, but are we to presume that Gyro Captain just gets up every morning and buries himself and just hopes that someone's going to come along? Yeah. 
Yeah, because he says, like, later, um, you know, I've got to get back, dude. I've got to feed the snakes. Like, this trap is an ongoing trap that he, just, you know, like, continually cultivates. A, and he eats the snakes, too. Yeah, it's just, like, as a business model. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he's clearly, like, there, he's he's kind of, you know, just, like, oddball anyway. He's loopy, so, yeah. yeah. But what is he exactly. trying to get from people that he in, that he ensnares? That is a good question. I it's not clear whether it's like food or um, gasoline. Would like presumably like maybe he's hoarding it. Um, he did say. I mean, so he tries to get uh, Max. He tries to trap Max, right? But then he things get switched around, and Max is like, "No, I'm going to kill you." And to save his life, the gyro captain's like, well, no, I actually know where a ton of gasoline is. So it seems like he's into the gasoline game as well. Um, And so maybe he traps people to then take their gasoline. I don't know. Because I had that thought too. But then I was like, but people are going to the gyrocopter hoping the copter has gasoline, which tells me that those people who are coming there probably don't themselves have much gasoline. Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's, a it's mystery. confusing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Mad Max sort of, instead of killing him, takes him as a prisoner. And while Gyro Captain leads him to this oil refinery town. And I also have to say, like, Max has a dog who he seems very mm-hmm. close to, who then just suddenly disappears, like, halfway through the movie. Right? Is that correct? Well, like, and we just sort of never see the dog again. No, that is not correct. Because, oh, okay. Uh, Sam, <laughs> you and I have different dog awareness levels because of our different lifestyles so i actually paid a lot of attention to the dog um (laughs) okay here are facts about the dog in the movie his name is dog um and he was a a dog at a local pound that they trained um but he uh was really scared of like engines and stuff and i'm talking about the dog in real life um so they built these special headphones for him or like earplugs uh so that he wouldn't get scared by all the explosions etc um and then one of the cameramen adopted him and he lived a happy life so there's that um (laughs) but then just so you know like things do turn out okay but do you do you recall at the very end when max crashes his car yes you know i'm talking about okay well he's about to be discovered and the dog jumps out from behind the rock because the dog has, like, been alongside oh, him. Oh, that's right. Barks. And then you, you don't see anything, but you hear a whimpering sound as if he were shot. Yep. Um, so, okay. yeah. But you're right that, like, the dog is, like, a major player at the beginning. And then, like, halfway through, especially when Max is prisoner, um, you know, kind of being held up yeah, at the like oil downgraded. refinery town. Yeah, exactly. Um, another weird thing, though, is that th- uh, the third movie, Into the Thunderdome, picked up on this, like, oh, Max needs, like, a sidekick kind of thing. And in that movie, he has a monkey. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The dog, so, though, does lead to some... I don't know if we're supposed to take this as just humor or, like, just confusion. But Mel Gibson, his prisoner... His dog all sit down at the end of a long day and Max pulls out a can of dog food, opens it up, not to feed the dog. He's eating the dog food. Oh, yeah. Then he gives he eats about half of it, then gives the other half to the dog and nothing to the prisoner. And I really thought like 
Okay. <laughs> if you've taken someone as your prisoner, like, you do need to feed them. I don't is know, dude. Fair? I don't know. So, like, the whole thing, though, is that Max is supposed to be, you know, the the lone wolf, right? He's supposed to, like, be on his own. And, in fact, later as that, like, relationship develops between him and the gyro captain, mm-hmm. the captain is like, take me with you. I'm your partner. Take me with you. And he's just like, no, I'm... And by myself, you know, like, so he, yeah. like, even the act of not feeding him, even though this guy is his prisoner, it's, it's just another just instance of Max being like, it's just me and my dog against the world, right? Like, I'm clearly just using this human <laughs> as, you know, is very apparent in this world. Yeah. Humans are just using each other, right? Um, so, and yeah, I think that's... hearing you say this. And sort of talk about the Western inflection, because we also touched on that with Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe this is a trend that this resurgence of like popular sci-fi does really take a page out of the Western. I've never yeah. really connected the two in my mind. Um, well, isn't but- it that like George Lucas has said that like one of the big influences for the Star Wars stuff is like these epic westerns right i think that's oh i know he had based it off of um the hidden fortress the kurosawa film but kurosawa Mm -hmm. actually is also very much influenced by american like westerns too yeah so i think i think you're right i think that's there i think it's this idea of you know the um to use the stephen king word from the novels i'm reading it's the gunslinger ethos you know what i mean yeah um they're up against cruel forces indifferent forces especially that yeah just beat them down but they keep rising up well coming back yeah so let's really just quickly talk on one scene and then i want to pose a question to you so they are on their way to this oil refinery town when from a distance they spot another attack by like wes or his gang is that his name Mm -hmm. yeah Wes. oh good yeah and his gang I'm like, I'm just saying gibberish and hoping it works. <laughs> um, they stop a car. I forget what the mode of transportation is. They beat up and almost kill a guy. And then they violently murder and rape a woman mm-hmm. and then move along. And I mean, I think that in this way, I think moviegoers are a little more savvy and a little more on the alert for this. And I think that this movie is perhaps guilty of using um, women or specifically like violence against women to give depth to male characters. Mm. Because we have Mel Gibson's wife. We were reminded in the beginning of the film that she's murdered. And that's why he has to go on this journey where he learns to live again. Right. Then we have this, which is a sort of like moral catalyzer, right, for him, right? That it's. He's sort of, this is weirdly where he starts to have a sort of investment in helping these people. Mm-hmm. And then I to jump ahead just briefly, we also have a long extended focus on this other woman warrior who is killed and then falls onto like barbed wire and then her body yeah. is like dragged off and thrown under the wheels of a truck. And it's kind of, uh, it's a lot. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. I think you're right that it's, uh, this is not a world that is kind to women at all, right? And Mm -hmm. so um, they, I mean, 
the only female character in this film who really, I guess, survives is that is the girl who decides to like mm-hmm. kind of hook up with the gyro captain, right? But so, only after she honors her family and her people. Sure. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. no, I think, yeah, it's, I and it, it kind of feel like I know this sounds weird, but it does feel right uh, in this particular world, right? To to say that, like, yeah, this is a highly masculine society because, you know, like, women are just continually falling victim to, uh, like, sexual violence and stuff in the, like, I don't know, just like that, uh, just feels like that's what would happen well, it's um, more in a really horrific way. Though the, the film, correspondingly, is seems utterly uninterested in any of these characters, these female characters, sure. right? Like, and so it'd be I one wonder- thing if, if they were, if the film wanted to really, like, like, because I think, like, the the most recent Mad Max does this so well. Like, that movie yeah. is amazing. But it's also one that can account for sort of, like, female, like, specific violence against women while also having these, like, really developed, fleshed out and, like, dynamic women characters. Exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say is that, like, the, the new Mad Max seems to correct all yeah, of these issues. Right. And, um really powerful ways, right? Like, it's it's a fabulous movie, in part because, like, Char- Charlize Theron's character is just, like, so engaging and badass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, like, in this world, what I guess I'm trying to get at is, like, uh, I don't know how to articulate this. It's mm-hmm. just that, like, simply women and children are discarded in a battle over gasoline and other resources right so they become in a sense resources and fucking child the feral child (laughs) his name in the credits is feral child child. i did see that and he stirs up shit like this kid okay so when max uh arrives to the oil refinery town um this kid like starts following him around and the kid can get in and out of the town easily through like a random underground tunnel (laughs) um and he's, like, dressed in furs, and he's, um, like, growls at people and stuff like that. And you're I also to called him uh, Baby Linda Hamilton because <laughs> he has the exact haircut that we're going to see Linda Hamilton sport in Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this kid, like, kind of causes some shit because... Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so essentially what happens is... Max is, like, holed up in this town. They've taken his car from him, and so his car is his most precious resource. taken him as prisoner. Right. Yeah, he's tied up, actually. And Humongous and Wes and the rest of the gang show up, and they're like, you have to leave. Like, you've, we, want the, we want the gas. Get out, and we won't kill you. That's our deal. Um, and the town is, like, debating this. And the fucking feral kid shows up, throws a boomerang and just like kills the golden youth like for <laughs> for seemingly no reason he just like throws a really lethal boomerang at people and like catches it and runs away that's yeah you know that's what he does. <laughs> i have to say though and i'm not, this is like said without irony like when that happened i realized like i'd really like to see more boomerangs in movies <laughs> or real life. I just want to see more boomerangs like deployed and in action. Like no, they, they are really they scare cool. The shit out of me. Oh, I don't yeah, understand physics. I don't physics, really want to so. be like a, like from a distance. <laughs> okay, there should be like um, the like Disney basketball underdog or baseball underdog or football underdog etc. <laughs> type of movie. A boomerang competition. 
Yes, but with boomerangs. That should be <laughs> that should be the next thing up. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna email them. I also came up with a cool idea earlier today for a pug themed video game. Oh yeah? Yeah. What's the That's that's it. Oh, okay. I think it would make money if it had pugs in it. <laughs> You're like <laughs> structure forthcoming. Yeah. <laughs> plot everything. Yeah. That's that's all in the future. But, Anyways. You know, speaking of plot, like this is sort of it for the plot. Is that like we yeah. now suddenly have a reason that Feral Kid is invested in this plot. Mad Max is invested um, because he's suddenly he's learning to live again and learn to care again, and he sees the way this town's being terrorized, and he wants to fight. And but that's debatable, hell. right? Because like he just wants his car back. No, because he gets his car back, and then he comes back and says, "I want to do this." And the guy says, "Well, we're not going to pay you an oil, whatever deal you made with someone else. We're not going to honor." And he says, "I don't care. I want to be the front of the line to to take down this guy." That is not what happens. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's what not. What happened? <laughs> okay, so he's prisoner, and he helps them get the tank in exchange for his car back. Yeah. Okay, so it's just a barter. Yeah. And then he says, fuck you guys. I'm not coming with you to your new colony. Right. I'm going to take my car and dog and go. Right. Then he crashes. They kill his dog. They ruin his car. He's barely holding on. He can like barely see out of one eye right and that's when he decides like oh i'm gonna go back and help it's kind of like honestly to me it felt like oh more just revenge he doesn't have a choice like he doesn't really have anything left so he's like might as well i mean just go on this like essentially suicide mission because i don't know they like i don't have a car or a dog anymore so you're saying this could be more motivated by uh death wish more motivated by revenge i think i've just been overly influenced by that line that was telling me to watch this as a story about someone learning to live again <laughs> that, <laughs> that opening I've narrator mentioned that like four times <laughs> also i really want to jump ahead and ruin that narrator twist is that okay yes do it so do it, it yeah. turns out the narrator is the feral kid like relaying <laughs> these experiences from like years later he became but, highly articulate <laughs> yeah he's, he's come a long way so like we should really applaud him for that here's my question i really like like it's a fun twist but how is he privy to all of the information about where Mad Max was before he got to that town? Because that kid straight mm. up cannot fucking talk. And so they do not have conversations. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, also, I, I, felt I like have no answer for that. Their one mode of interaction is that Max found among the wreckage in like the first scene, like a tiny like music device where you turn the crank mm-hmm. and it plays music. And this becomes an object of wonder to this kid and to me like of all the things i've seen in this movie like that was the one that required the most suspension of disbelief like that's just (laughs) like patently is not a wondrous option like you know what else (laughs) makes music just like that humming you know like it's not that novel but it's a machine and this world values machines i guess so and it doesn't run on gasoline it's an artificial device yeah (laughs) i don't know um (laughs) but okay so let's get to this final epic epic chase battle scene yeah you lead the way okay so max comes back all beat up and he's like all right humongous and his gang is still out there wes or wes sorry like really wants to kill people because you killed the golden youth uh so i'm gonna drive the tanker full of this gasoline and we're gonna escape 
and you know I will I will help you all get out of here. Oh, right? really quick, could I say two things related to this scene? Yeah. First, that someone. Yeah. For someone, <laughs> as an insult to him, they're like, drive, drive that. You couldn't even drive a wheelchair. It's like, <laughs> okay, so there mean. is like no need for that. No, um, <laughs> but like, oh, and this kind of reminds me of a like interesting tidbit that I learned, which is like, um, Mel Gibson's character in this movie. <laughs> it sounds like you just said Mel Gibson, which Mel is so Gibson. funny. Like there's Mel Gibson and there's female Gibson. And, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, go ahead. When the two conjoin, the <laughs> monster is born. Um, so, but, like, that, like, you know, that's, like, snarky type of comment is completely absent from Gibson's character because he legit has 16 lines of dialogue in this entire that's movie. That's not surprising. This is not Lethal Weapon Mel Gibson. No, and two of them were the same line. Yeah. The line is, I only came for the gasoline. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> so, Actually, like, like, can we puzzle out? How did Mel Gibson become a superstar off of this franchise? Because so mm. much of the personality that he comes to like be known for is utterly opposite to this performance. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Well, yeah, no, I he's almost a non-entity. He's very robotic yeah. and non-emotive. There's no affect. Uh, he does become a little bit more complex or he like he's he's he has more dialogue i guess in the third one there's <laughs> more lines yeah all right but i look forward no, to that then you're right like how do you go from this really just like silent character essentially to then um like the patriot or you know braveheart right like how i i don't understand that arc at all uh or so to, I, I don't have you an know answer. like drunkenly Decrying Jews to a yeah. policeman, piece of shit human being. Real yeah, mystery. like we should clarify. Uh, we, I love this movie. I fucking hate Mel Gibson as a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I love this movie. I think it, this is strikes me as a movie that would grow on me if I saw it again. Um, mm-hmm. Also, not a fan of the guy Mel Gibson. Yeah. Also, like, dude, uh, stop making trying to make prestige war movies. Like, we have enough of them. <laughs> The only other question, oh, speaking of war movies, the other question I was going to ask is that when he crashes his car, dog dies, eye patch, whatever, um, he gets um, gyro. Why did you say eye patch? He doesn't eye patch. He gets an eye injury. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was like, where did an eye patch come from? This is not Escape from New York. Yeah. <laughs> the gyro captain, though, like helicopters him out. Mm-hmm. Did you get even the way it was shot where we are like Which- when he it's a kind of beautiful shot. Did you get like Vietnam vibes from that? Oh, or was that just I didn't, me? Would Australia I, have any? I don't know my history well enough. Would do they have any involvement in Viet? They wouldn't. So maybe like I'm just like Americanizing this interpretation, but I yeah I don't know. I got the like um, the shot is incredible because it's like uh, Max kind of like his arms out right. He's clearly very injured, but he's being lifted into the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you you see his body kind of responding to being lifted up as if, like, somebody had, like, a belt right. around you and was picking you up by it. Uh, so, And we just yeah, see this, just... like, g- landscape below him. And, you know, as he's, like, sort of half on, half off the helicopter as it's flying away. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Right, right. 
So sort of anyways, now. that's fine. Yeah, we can move on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get to though, uh, Mad Max driving the tanker. He's got the Pharaoh kid who has snuck onto this tanker. 